You are listening to You Were Made For This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 85, our last one for 2020 and season four. Season five starts next Wednesday. In episode 81, a few weeks ago, I quoted the Bible character Nathaniel, who asked a rhetorical question about Jesus in the very early days of his ministry. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel asked. Apparently, the town of Nazareth had a reputation that lacked any degree of goodness about it. It never made it to the top ten lists of cities in the Roman Empire to retire. A similar question can be asked about the year 2020, with only two days left in the year here on December 30th. Can anything good come out of this past year? Like Nazareth, There is good, and there is joy that came out of the past year. But we need to have watchful and discerning eyes to find it as 2020 comes to a close. Is it just me, or does it seem to you, too, that every letter or email we get this month from organizations start with a sentence or two mentioning how bad things have been for all of us in 2020? I think I'm guilty of writing a few of these myself. Maybe you too. There's no need to list all that went wrong this past year. We see and hear about it every day. The only thing we don't usually see or hear about is the joy that's been part of just being alive in 2020. So where do you find the joy in these past 12 months? For me... It's like when you buy a fixer-upper house, as some of us have, or that you see in one of those increasingly popular TV shows about the same thing. I'm thinking of a house that was built, say, in the 1950s, and now the original owners had to move into a nursing home. The house had never been updated, with the original linoleum in the kitchen worn through in spots, the cheap metal cabinets in the kitchen with a few dents in them, the peach-colored floral wallpaper in the bathroom that's coming apart at the seams. But the worst, the absolute worst, is the carpeting that's been there since Jimmy Carter was president. A few cigarette burns here and there, and stains from various pets down through the decades that gave that unique odor that told you, yep, These people had dogs, probably several of them. All of this looks like the year 2020. But then, but then, before you move in, you begin the rehab work by pulling up the carpeting. And you discover, much to your unexpected delight, unblemished wood floors underneath it that looked almost new. Finding the joy in 2020 is like pulling up that smelly, threadbare, stained carpeting to find beautiful wood floors underneath. I'll give you an example of what I mean. 
It comes from a recent newspaper article that I saw, and I'll just read it to you. The headline reads, Carroll University gives gifts to students celebrating, quote, we made it. The article goes on to say, hundreds of Carroll University students were surprised this week with a winter stocking cap accompanied by a card declaring, we made it. The caps and cards were distributed by the university to mark the end of a successful semester of in-person classes. Carroll officials had planning sessions for months to make the semester possible. The president of the university, Cindy Nattinger, and student senate president Clara Clifford passed out the caps to students. And they're both quoted in the article. The reaction of students today was just priceless. They were surprised and thrilled and so grateful we made it. And we let them know it was because of their willingness to follow protocols that we did, the president said. In a statement, she went on to say, there was a lot of joy that we have come this far. It's really heartwarming to see just how excited and relieved and proud they were of themselves and their Carroll community. I was especially interested in this article because two of our grandsons are freshmen at Carroll University, a small liberal arts college near our town. Secondly, I was really interested in the, in the phrase that they used, we made it, we made it, three syllables. It starts with we. Well, when I read we, I thought, you know, it's not just me, it's not just you, but it's we, it's us. Administrators, staff, professors, and students, all of us together, collectively. It's about us as a group. The second word, made, we made. We rolled with the punches. We took action. We didn't roll over and play dead. We took precautions. We made some tough choices. You know, in the beginning of the semester, there was also an article in the paper about there was a handful of students that were actually expelled from the first semester because they violated uh, protocols regarding social distancing. They had uh, formed, a, they had organized a party off campus, and they specifically had to sign a contract before the semester started, saying they wouldn't do that. Well, they did, and they got caught, and they were expelled before the semester started. And it set a precedent, and it seemed very harsh at the time, but I think it really sent a, uh, an effective message to the rest of the students that we are really serious about protecting each other from COVID. And then occasionally we would uh, visit George and Grant on campus, and as we drove around, we saw these students walking around outside with masks. They were walking down the street, 50 to 100 feet away from another human being, but they were still wearing a mask. And they had accepted the inconveniences for this larger goal. That's part of what is about made, we made. And then finally, it, we made it. Well, what is the it? It's the completed goal of a semester of in-person learning against a lot of obstacles. We work through our fears, We accomplished the goal in the face of adversity. We made it to the finish line. 
a little wobbly to be sure, but we made it. The joy in this experience in no way negates the difficulties and sense of loss the students and staff experienced. Almost no social interactions because of the masks and social distancing. The sense of isolations many students felt is not what the college experience is supposed to be. Yet everyone made the best of these difficult circumstances. They made it. I have another example. It's about my friend Martin. I mentioned him in several episodes earlier, and I'll have a link to those episodes in the show notes. He's my friend whose wife died unexpectedly from a brain aneurysm at the beginning of August. I was talking with Martin on a recent Saturday, and he was talking about Susan's death in the early days of August of 2020 and the grief he's dealing with and the impact of raising a daughter alone and caring for Suzanne's disabled 81-year-old mother. The weight of it was almost too much to bear, as I heard in his voice. But then, his voice lifted a little bit when he talked about God's timing of Suzanne's death. When she died in early August, he had great support from the church during those most difficult days, and he gave me a number of examples of that. And then he said, But a month later, after Suzanne died, things really started to unravel at the church. The pastor and several staff members left, lots of division occurred, and the support would not have been there for me if Suzanne had died a month later because everyone was so wrapped up with the internal affairs of the church. It was a blessing Suzanne died when she did. Hmm. Here Martin found a small measure of joy in the midst of overwhelming pain and loss. My conversation with Martin, as I mentioned, was on a Saturday. Well, the next day at our church, the preacher talked in passing about heaven and the unspeakable joy that awaits us there. He commented that we are all foreigners just passing through our time here on earth that our ultimate home is with Jesus in heaven. And at that point when he said that, it brought to mind Suzanne and her infectious smile, taking it all in and enjoying in heaven the wait for Martin, her daughter, and her mother to join her there. And in thinking about that, it, it brought joy to my heart as it sat on a bench right next to my sadness for Martin and myself over the loss of Suzanne. There it was, joy and sadness, sitting on a bench next to each other. That's how it works. Now, finding the joy in no way minimizes the real pain and suffering of 2020. It's what Jason Riley of the Wall Street Journal calls the cruelest of years, 2020. It's like that fixer-upper house I mentioned earlier. As joyous as it was to find the beautiful wood floors underneath the decades-old carpeting, there's still all the other challenges. The peeling wallpaper, the dented kitchen cabinets, the green screen door hanging from only one hinge, 
In spite of all this, we can still find joy. If you forget everything else, here's the one thing I hope you remember from today's episode. There is almost always joy to be found in difficult circumstances if we look hard enough. When we find it, joy will take the edge off these challenging situations. So it raises a question, what does, what does this have to do with the rest of us? What can we do in response to today's program? One thing that comes to mind is to think of a relational goal you could work toward even in the midst of our global pandemic and then take some action to accomplish that goal. Make that phone call. Send that text. Write that letter. Set that appointment to meet, mask and all. And where there is no joy, spread some yourself. As always, another thing you could do is to let me and your fellow listeners know what resonated with you about today's episode. The easiest way is to put your thoughts in an email and send them to me, john at caringforothers.org, or you can share your thoughts in the leave a reply box at the bottom of the show notes. Well, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to both reflect and to act so that you will find the joy that God intends for you through your relationships. Because after all, you were made for this. And now our relationship quote of the week. Joy lies in the fight, in the suffering involved, not in the victory itself. I'll repeat that. Joy lies in the fight, in the suffering involved, not in the victory itself. And that comes to us from Mahatma Gandhi. Well, that's all for today and this year, but I'll see you next week and next year at the start of Season 5 on January 6th. Goodbye for now, and Happy New Year, everyone. <music>